Afternoon, everyone. How are you doing today? Mike, Mike, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And hey, one of the things that I am doing some research on, because again, I do this, I share information with you, but I'm really trying to grow our business, trying to add additional cash flow units. We are trying to buy fixer uppers and flip them. But so two things have kind of driven my mindset the last 60 to 90 days. First, I believe full-heartedly that the move out of urban to the suburbs is an investable trend. So much so that I did a full video yesterday on the hottest 15 markets across the country. That, are, that information came from an article in Forbes, but when you read it and you see what's going on in the suburbs, the top 15 markets, it's investable. And if you haven't seen that video yet, you might want to go check it out. It is full of information. And again, it's the 15 hottest markets. The good news is, and I didn't know this going in, but number 11 is the market I invest in, Fresno, California. And what the article said there is what we've experienced and what is what you and I have talked about. Specifically, when you look at Fresno, you are looking at a market that is kind of still in California but it is the cheapest large city, right? It is actually larger than Sacramento from a population, but the housing price is $100,000 less than Sacramento. Why am I excited by things like that? Well, it's because, you know, I believe the appreciation is coming and will continue. But more importantly, right, one rental at a time, as that book cover says, I believe rents are going to rise even faster. This is what's going to happen in most suburbs. At all 15 cities we talked about, whether it was Boise, Idaho, I think was number one. Provo, Utah was in there. Riverside, California. Kilteen, Texas, I think was in there. It's, I never heard of that city. What is going to happen is these prices are going to go up from owner-occupants. But what we are seeing in this situation is space is good. Again, a theme of this channel. So what's going to happen if you own single family rentals, the values are going to go up, your net worth expands, but here's the deal. We're conservative cash flow investors. I believe rental rates are going to go up dramatically in all 15 of these cities. That article from Forbes and hits my video yesterday was about values, but realize as values go up, rents will follow. And as a landlord, that's awesome news. But the second thing that I've been talking about is millennials. Millennials are the largest generation. The millennials, I believe, will encourage, foster the move to the suburbs. That generation, the millennials, are different than past generations. They've been tasked with suffering two financial crises. One, the Great Recession. They were a little bit younger, but old enough to remember and see the carnage. Some of them were entering the workforce during that recession, very painful. This is their second kind of trip through a nasty recession. So I had to do some research. If I believe that the millennials are gonna change the future of real estate and real estate investing, if I believe they're gonna plant roots in the suburbs as owners or renters, I wanted to see what financial shape they are in. So I've done some research, I got a whole page of financial variables about the millennials. Many of them I didn't know. Many of them point to a worse shape than I expected. But again, what happens every day? Millennials get older every day and they will grow out 
of what we are seeing in this environment. And they will, without question, be the market mover in many suburb markets. And I am excited to invest ahead of that. So let's review what I found. A lot of this data was sourced from an article I found on the Business Insider. Uh, but some of the text came from other areas because I was doing a lot of reading. First and foremost, the average net worth of a millennial, $8,000. I, um, I was shocked by that. Eight grand is the average net worth. That's not great. Um, second, they are obviously, and this one is one we've been told about, they're delaying decisions, right? Life decisions. They are getting married later. Let me see if I can find that number. Uh, their average married decision is 28. 29 for men, 27 for women. I just split the difference and called it 28. Second, their average relationship when they get married, 4.9 years. I think I knew my wife 10 months before we said I do. Now, realize I was an idiot and 19 years old, but that was true. One sec, I'm going to hang up on this person. That was just another wholesaler trying to call and buy one of our properties. So again, they're delaying decisions. This one, delaying decisions, interesting because Jonathan Twomley and I talked about this three or four weeks ago. They're now getting to an age where they're in relationships, committed relationships, right? Uh, they're, and they want to buy versus rent. So they're actually buying as non-married adults, which is pretty interesting. And that's a trend that you can watch and, and follow. Uh, student loans. You and I have been hearing for quite some time that the, the student loan, the debt that they you know, have as millennials in an environment of multiple recessions is gigantic. And that number is 36,000. Oh no, that's the income. Where is it? No, oh, student debt is 30 grand. Sorry, lots of numbers on my sheet. The average student debt for a millennial is $30,000. That's actually a little less than I thought it was going to be, but still painful, right? That is cash flow uh, that they need to pay off. Right? It's just, it's just a de again, debt, right? What do we talk about with one rental at a time is you got to understand uh, your financial wheel, right? And financial debt has expanded it. So they need to earn more money uh, so they, they can save and invest. One thing that I saw that was interesting, I did not expect this, is they still get financial help from their parents a couple of times a year. 70, no, 60%, 60% of millennials still get financial help from their parents a couple of times a year. That is interesting and something to watch. It's very clear when you look at the millennials, again, the article from the Business Insider, that they are financially behind past generations. More debt, less savings, less net worth. But again, I believe we've seen the depth of this and it gets better from here. That is something I see coming. We shall see. Uh, the average millennial makes $36,000 a year. That, uh, I don't know if I should be surprised or not, but again, the average millennial makes $36,000 a year. The key for me in that article wasn't the 36,000, but when you adjust for inflation 
and you age appropriate the baby boomers, that income is 20% behind where the baby boomers were at at the same time. No wonder the millennials are renting longer than owning. Their income is 20% behind the next largest generation. You can't save anything and buy anything if you're behind, right? It makes total sense. A couple of things that I was encouraged, excited about, and why I believe the millennials will change the future of real estate, right? Again, become the largest buyers and owners. 75% of millennials stick to a budget. That's high, that's way higher than any other generation at the like age. I was, I didn't even know what a budget was when I was that age. And I just be clear, I'm part of the Gen X generation. So I'm kind of between the two. Another thing is millennials prioritize savings. That is something else that is a part of their budget. They actually budget savings. And the biggest thing for them is not making a bunch of money. It is paying off debt. They see debt-free, kind of the Dave Ramsey model, if you will, as a financial badge of honor. I didn't even know debt-free was an option when I was their age. It's pretty, pretty funny. Uh, the average credit card balance for millennials, 3,700. Again, low compared to past generations. And again, financial success is seen as being debt-free. Those kind of goals, those kind of mindset, those kind of later in life decisions mean they're when they move, when they pivot from being renters to owners, they are going to be market moving. And I believe we are seeing that on the cusp today. Another thing that was interesting is they don't spend on things. They spend on experiences. Frankly, I think that's a better way to live. You don't need another pair of shoes or belt or a third car. But wow, having a life, having life well lived, one full of experiences, that's, I think, is to be admired. So at the end, I am kind of in shock by some of these numbers for millennials. But again, I am resolute in believing that as millennials grow or age, especially with their mindset of being debt-free, they're going to be ready to buy. They will buy. They'll stop renting in urban centers. I believe this crisis is going to push them to the suburbs. They're going to experience a better quality of life because they're going to go from renting for four grand to owning for two grand. You know, I believe my mindset is right. The move from urban to suburbia is real. Again, check out the hottest 15, 15 hottest real estate markets. There's an investable trend there. And then millennials moving from renting to owning. I think that's going to be the, the focus for the next five years, certainly the next three years. And if you follow the one rental at a time mindset, you can invest and get ahead of that, especially with low mortgage rates, be conservative. Again, remember house prices go up, rents will follow. I think it's going to be a pretty good time to be a landlord. So at the end of the day, I wanted to share with you my research about the millennials, kind of what I'm thinking about in my business. So when I do that, I share with you. Have a great day.